Turn with me tonight in your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 2 through 3. I want to minister tonight on keep coming. Amen. Does that sound familiar? Over the last three weeks, that's what our pastor, if you would sum up his messages, his, the first week was about, about Jacob and him preaching about Jacob pursuing God to get rid of the what that he was so that he could come into the who. And then he preached about the Gentile woman. And he preached about, about her pursuing God and, and just keep coming. And he, he has just ministered through the Holy Spirit over the last several weeks about us just keep coming. We must keep coming. And so tonight, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I wanna, I wanna go back to a word that I planted in October. And I preached to you about the life and the season of David. And I had absolutely no intentions of ministering this tonight. But I got up this morning, I, I woke up at 3.30 and then, and then I woke up at 4.30 and then I finally got out of bed about 4.45 and, and as I was sitting there in my prayer closet and I began to go over the notes that God had shared with me and began to go over what God had, had spoken to me for tonight, he dropped this in my spirit. And now a couple of weeks ago I wouldn't have shared this with you because I would have had too much pride to go back to a word that I've already preached. But God's changing me. Amen. And, and I've come to realize that it, it's not about me, but it's about God. And it's not about you, but it's about God. Amen? Amen? So, let me read these scriptures in Habakkuk. This is what the Spirit has stirred in me. Habakkuk 2, 2, two, two through 3. Then the Lord said to me, My answer plainly on the tables, so that a runner can carry the correct message the correct word to others. For the vision, the word, is yet for an appointed time. For the vision, God's spoken word, is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, though it seems like it tarries, you must wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Let me read verse 3 again. For the vision, the word, the prophetic word, the promise and the dreams and the vision that God has declared over this house and over your life is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. Amen. No matter what your symptoms may be yelling, no matter what the atmosphere of your home and the atmosphere in your life may be saying, no matter what the storm may be saying, at the end, the word of God shall speak and it shall not lie. Though it tarry, Though it seems like it may be a long time in coming, and though it, though you may get tired and weary, wait for it, church, because the word of God will surely come, and it will not tarry, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, there are times in our life that it seems that all we are holding is a word. That all we have is a word waiting for fulfillment. Many of us in the house tonight, many of us in the 
church, many of us in ministry, in this body of Christ, we have many words, but all we have is a word. And we're waiting for fulfillment of that word. Many people in the church, they have a pan full of seeds waiting for a harvest to be manifested. So when God speaks a word to you and God sows a seed into your life and he has not yet brought it to manifestation and you are still waiting for fulfillment, what, what's going on there? Why is fulfillment not come? Because destiny, because God's timing has not come yet. So God wants to know in these times, God wants to know when he sows a seed in your life and when he gives you a word, will you remain faithful while you wait for the fulfillment of your word? Will you remain faithful in your gifts? Will you remain faithful in your talents? Will you hold to your seed while you wait for the seed to turn to harvest? Will you hold to the word of God when you continue to Stick your hand into the harvest field or plowed on and you sow on. And it seems like time and time again, you pull back empty hands. God wants to know, will you keep coming when your hands still remain empty and all you have is a word? Because there are times and seasons in our life that when all we have is a word, that a word is all we need. God wants to know, he asked the church... When all you hold is a seed, when all you have is a word, will you keep coming? When all you have is a word and no manifestation over your marriage, will you keep praying? When all you have is a word and all you have is a seed over your finances, will you keep sowing? Will you keep giving and tithe and offering? When all you have is a word and all you have over is a seed over your ministry, will you keep fasting? Will you keep praying? The word of the Lord asks the question tonight. Will the church keep coming when it seems like the word tarries? David had a word. He had Zion deep inside of him. It was prophesied over him that David, you will be the king of Israel. He had a word, but 20 years stood in between him and the fulfillment of his word. 20 years stood in between the spoken word and the fulfilled word. The test is not, church, whether we can receive the word, but the test is whether you can hold on to the word. The test is not whether I can hear the word and receive the word, but the test is when the storm comes and when there's no fulfillment, will I hold on to the word? God will test our character. He will test our character to say, will you continue to come? One person who knows about pushing into God's word was David. If anyone knew about pushing into God's word... Pushing into fulfillment of God's word. David knew all about it. David heard the voice of the Lord. I believe on many occasions say, keep coming, son. Keep coming. Keep coming. After five years, keep coming. After ten years, keep coming. After eleven years, keep coming. After fifteen years, keep coming. After seventeen years, David, keep coming. David went through seasons of preparation. He went through seasons of highs. He went through seasons of lows. But in every season, he kept coming after the heart of God. In every season, in every high and every low, David kept coming after the heart of God. First Samuel 16, 11 through 13. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have?
if you knew how I felt inside right now, you would shout with me. I'm not going to talk about it tonight, but one of these days I'm going to talk about it. But God has set me free. I just want you to know that. That I'm free. And my family knows what I'm talking about, and one day you will too. But I'm absolutely free tonight. And I pray that the freedom of God fall in your heart tonight. And that you don't have to get free every Sunday. You don't have to get free every prayer time. But you get free one time and the sun sets you free. You're free indeed. Now let me read the scripture. I'm free. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There was still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields, watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome and beautiful. And had beautiful eyes. Just like my brother. And the Lord says, this, I would say like me, but he probably had hair. (laughs) This is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil, the appointed oil. He had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Now listen, at the age of 17, a little shepherd boy, David, was told, Listen, David, you are anointed to be the king of Israel. You are God's chosen man. He has removed Saul and he's replaced you. So what did David do? David jumps up and he says, Hey, I'm 17, I'm ready to be king. But even though he was anointed to be king, he still had a process of 20 years before God established him as king of Israel. God took David through a 20 year journey of preparation and of testing to prepare him and to test his character before he released the fullness of his word with inside of him. You may be anointed and you may have a word from God, but it does not mean that God automatically right then will manifest the word at times he will test our character and test our faithfulness will you remain faithful in the seasons of preparation and up and down it took 20 years but he was faithful was he perfect nobody was faithful and God established his covenant and his word in a life of faithfulness because David said in every season and every high and every low I will keep coming David never stopped chasing the heart of God, Mac. Never did he stop chasing the heart of God. He never stopped coming after God. I'm going to go through four different seasons that God took David through to prepare him for the fullness of his calling. The first season is Bethlehem. Bethlehem stands for this. Faithful in small things. Faithful when it seems insignificant. Faithful when it seems insignificant. Your pastor wouldn't be in the position that he is in tonight. 
If he went faithful in some positions, it seemed insignificant. I remember him being Sunday school superintendent. I remember him cutting the grass at church. I remember him being a pastor and going out and digging up roots and digging up rocks. I mean, working while everyone else just stood there. Because they thought he was supposed to. But if he wasn't faithful in small things and small beginnings, then he wouldn't be where he is today. Every man and every woman you see that stands up and they have a title and they have a position and the, and the Spirit of God is moving upon them, they have been sometime in their life faithful in small beginnings. You don't get to a king's position without serving in small positions. You hear me? You do not get to a king's position without being a servant of others. My God. First Samuel 16 and 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, You are more long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. David was born in Bethlehem. He was the youngest of eight sons. Now listen, if, since he was the youngest in eight sons, that meant that he was the lowest in rank. He was the lowest in privilege in the family structure that had been set up. So what, did, what fell to him? The position of being a shepherd. He was a shepherd boy for his family. Remember why Samuel, Samuel was there and all the other boys was there. David was still out. Like every other shepherd, King David was no different. He was no different. He stood around on rocks, all alone under the hot sun with sheep as his companions. His flock was a small flock. It wasn't even a big flock. So he was the only one needed. That means that he was all alone. There was no one even there to help him. His calling was a task that no one wanted to do. It was a position no one wanted to do. Yet, David did it with a spirit of devotion towards God. God is looking for some people that will serve in the small things. That will say, I will serve this position with a spirit of devotion to God. I don't care who watches me. I don't care about my title. I don't care about my position. I don't care about my pay. I don't care about pats on the back. All I want to do is serve with devotion to God. We don't need more preachers. We don't need more teachers. We need servants. Thank you. I got one person to agree. Because I, I mean, I may be wrong, but that was just my opinion. David, David wasn't even invited. The, listen, the most famous man in Israel comes to his home. And all seven boys are there. Could you imagine the most famous person comes to your home, Billy Graham, let's take Billy Graham. He comes to your home and you don't even get invited. Because you're working. You're doing what no one else wants to do. Samuel gets invited to the home and they start passing the boys before him. And Samuel says, you must have one more son. Where is he? I'll tell you where he is. He's out getting his hands dirty. He's on his knees. He's writing the psalmist. He's writing Psalms 23. He's out working when nobody else is looking. 
Listen, David was anointed to be king in Bethlehem. But he was still hanging out with the sheep. Some of us get a word and we're ready to leave. Amen. I remember being 17 years old and telling my dad, I'm ready to go. Where are you ready to go? I'm ready to preach. Well, go on, son. That's the way my, me and my dad's relationship is. I never went. <laughs> I, knew, I knew when he said, go on, son, he was just playing. But David, he's still hanging out with the sheep. Wow. He was faithful, no matter how small. He had a yes in his spirit. Even in the routine, even in the boring job, he said, I will keep coming. When it seems insignificant, will you keep coming? When no one was looking, he was faithful. He kept coming in the small thing. Could he allow the lion and the bear to eat the sheep? Yes, he could have. He could have looked at Jesse and said, hey man, my life was in danger. Oh son, that's okay. We can lose a few sheep. But he said, no, I've got a responsibility here. It may be small, but I've got a calling. You may not be watching me. You may not be watching me. My mom and dad, husband and wife may not be watching me. My pastor may not know what I'm doing, but the eye of the Lord is upon me and I should serve him with faithfulness in this season even in the small things i will keep coming glory to god zechariah 4 and 10 do not despise these small beginnings for the lord rejoices to see the work begin You want to make God rejoice? Start something small. You're missing the the one because you're focused on the 99. The church misses the one because we're focused on the 99. But David got the one because he wasn't focused on the 99. The 99 are fine. It's the ones that are dying and going to hell. Let me tell you something. Bethlehem and the small things... It's a place to discover that your success comes not from what you do, but your success comes from who you are in God through Christ Jesus. The journey to the highest destiny always starts in Bethlehem. Even for the Son of God, it started in Bethlehem. It ended on the cross in His earthly body, but He was resurrected from the tomb. But where did it begin? In the small things. Right there in the city of Bethlehem. Will you keep coming when it seems insignificant? Will you keep coming when it's just you? When it's just you praying? When it's just you fasting? When it seems like you stand alone, will you keep coming? When when no one else is there. When there's no support. When when it seems like there's no finances to, to, to to profit it. When it seems like there's nothing else going on. When it seems like it's stagnant and it seems like it's dead. Will you abort or will you keep coming? Many churches, they never make it out of this season. Many churches never make it out of this season. This is where we show with our actions that we want to move of God. 
This is where we show with our actions. This is where we show with our actions that we desire a move of God. We desire a move of God, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether it's easy, whether it's hard, whether it's in the valley, or whether it's on the mountaintop. I don't care if I have to tend to sheep. I don't care if I tend to the one or I tend to the 99. I desire a move of God. David said, it don't matter how big it is. It don't matter how small it is. I'm after the heart of God. Let me tell you something. There's value in this season. Amen. This is where your foundation is laid. This is where your foundation is laid. There is value in this season. There is value in this season. There is value in your prayers. There is value in every day you fast. There is value in every scripture you stand upon. There is value in every church service that you attend. There is value in every dollar you put down here. There is value in every testimony. There is value in every smile. There is value in everything you do in this season. It is building the character and the foundation of the church to establish God's kingdom. Without Bethlehem, there was never a kingdom established. It was birthed in Bethlehem in King David. And was birthed in Bethlehem through Jesus Christ. Remain faithful in the small things. And God will make you rule over many things. Do you hear me? Here's the question. Can God trust us to keep coming? Can he? This is a real word. Do you hear me? This is a real word from God tonight. Can he trust us to keep coming? Only you can answer that for this church. I'm going to tell you what right now. You may be small. You may only be a toe. You may only be an arm. But I'm going to tell you right now as the associate pastor. And I'm going to tell you on behalf of the pastor tonight. We need you. There is value in you tonight. There is value in your position. There is value in your position. There is value in your position in this church. From the youngest to the oldest. From the richest to the poorest. I don't care what color you are. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what side of the tracks you live on. There is value in you this night. And the question is, will you keep coming? Because what makes a church? You. A bunch of yous. Take a bunch of yous and put them together and you got a church. The next season, Gibeah. The test of early promotion. 1 Samuel 16, 19, and then verse 20 through 20, 22. 21 through 22. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, Send me your son David, the shepherd. Verse 21. So David went to Saul and began serving him. Saul loved David very much, and David became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse asking, Please let David remain in my service, for I am very pleased with him. Evil spirits at this time. David's in Gibeah, and evil spirits, they are coming, and they are tormenting Saul. So his men, they recommend, they say, Hey, there's David. He's a skillful musician player, and I tell you what, he can come and he can play for you. And he can comfort you. And by his play and by the spirit of God that is upon him, it will chase off these evil spirits. He's handsome. He's a young man. And most of all, the spirit of the Lord is upon him. So all of a sudden, David moves to where Saul was. Immediately, David found favor in the eyes of Saul. He found what? Early promotion. He goes from ministering in the small thing. He goes from being a shepherd. From me... 
maybe, well, he wasn't going to eat at the table of Jesse the, the night that Samuel came, unless Samuel called for him. So most of the time, he's eating out with the sheep. He goes from tending the sheep and the goats, being a shepherd, to living in the king's house, eating from the king's table. He got early promotion. David found favor at this time with the entire nation of Israel. Now, the nation of Israel this time, you have to realize they're in a military crisis because of Goliath. Every 40 days, for 40 days, Goliath comes out and he taunts the nation and they are fear-strucken. But God at this time, because of the Spirit of the Lord upon David, he moves upon David to deliver the nation out of disaster. He becomes a national hero and brought the nation into victory. This was David's first taste of earthly success. He went from being a shepherd to tasting early success in the earth. Now, his invitation to work at the king's side, in our days it would be like the President of the United States inviting a teenage boy to come to his side. Such a person in this time, he was a celebrity. David became an instant celebrity. The whole nation of Israel now knew David. He was no longer a shepherd boy in Bethlehem. He was no longer the eighth person in position in his father's home. He was no longer the one carrying cheese to his brothers. No, but at this point, he was the armor bearer of David. The whole nation of Israel knew David. They raved about him. They wrote songs about him. He was in a season of promotion. Many people never make it out of this season, but they go backwards. Many people never make it out of this season because pride grabs, grabs them. You know how many times I've went backwards because of pride? A bunch. I believe I'm right where God wants me because of His grace at this time in the season of my life. But I've taken a step backwards because of promotion. And it goes to the head. God wants to know that when I promote you, Will you still come after me? God wants to know when I promote you, will you still seek my face? When you see my hands, will you still come after my face? Let me say that again. When you see the hand of God, the blessings of God, will you still come after the face of God? If God promotes the church, if God promotes your ministry, if God promotes you, will you keep coming? It's easy to chase God when you're in a storm, right? It's easy to chase God when nothing's going your way. But will you chase God when everything's going your way? Everything was going David's way. But in all David's success, God was testing the character of David. He was testing his love and he was testing his servanthood. God was testing David to see. In times of promotion, will you keep coming? Will you keep coming just as hard as you did? In the small things. Listen to this. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 14. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses, when your silver and gold are multiplying, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. Beware that when all these things happen, that you do not forget the Lord your God. 
When it seems in your life that you no longer need God to an extent, when it seems that in your life that you no longer need God to the intensity that you've been seeking Him out, will you keep coming? Because it seemed like the day that no longer needed God anymore. It seemed like that He got His anointed and He was right where He needed to be. He was right in position that when Saul left, maybe He could take over. So it seemed like David no longer needed Him. When it seems like you no longer need him, will you keep coming? When he's blessing your finances, will you continue to pray? When, when he heals you, will you continue to pray? Man, this is, this is real. Don't act like we don't do God that way. That's the question. God, God will, salvation's free. But the glory of God will cost you, amen? And if we want the glory of God in this house, it's going to cost us our lives. Amen? It's going to cost us some prayer time. It's going to cost us some sacrifice. Amen? Glory to God. Don't stop coming. Don't stop praying. Don't stop fasting. Don't stop believing. Don't stop coming to church. Don't start taking off and taking off on some way. Everything's going good, so I don't have to go to church this Sunday. I just have a family day. Man, schedule your family day another day. Okay? Give it to God. Give your family to God. Amen? Don't stop pursuing when things start going good. I didn't even mean to get on it like this, but I can't get off of it. Don't stop studying because you get a little revelation, but go deeper. Amen? Don't stop loving. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop believing. Never stop digging. If God feels a a ditch you dug, dig another ditch. If He feels that, dig another ditch. Don't ever stop digging, church. There's God to his face just because you see his hands I said do not stop coming to his face just because you see his blessings can God trust us he trusted David because David was a different sort even in promotion he continued to live with his heart burning for God he never he never stopped pursuing God whether the responsibility was big or whether it was small many times in our success Many times our success is to equip us for the wilderness that is yet to come. Many times when we begin to succeed, it's because God is wanting to equip us because there's a wilderness fixing to come. But if we abandon, abandon God in our success, we are not prepared for the wilderness that is about to come upon us. David was about to enter into the deepest, darkest wilderness he had ever been in up into this time. Will you keep coming? Will we live a life? Listen, will we live a life of one thing? Will we live a life of one God when there are more, when, when there are more in our path than one thing? Will you live a life of one God and one thing when there are more gods and more idols in your path than one thing? Because in Bethlehem, he had no choices. There was only one God. There was nothing else to do but to sit around and write psalms. There was nothing else to do but to sit around and talk to God. But then when he comes to Gibeah, he had promotion. There were a lot of gods. There was a lot of success. When you have success, what will you choose? There's a song that says, dance with the one who brought you here. We need to dance with the one who got us here, amen? man. Will you keep coming? The next season, Adullam, the cave of difficulties. 
First Samuel chapter 22 verse 1. So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Listen, some of you are really going to, I relate to this. I think all of us will relate to this, this season of his life. David, he's, man, he's anointed to be king. Now he's the armor bearer. He's well known. They were writing songs about him. They are writing songs about him that that talk about him conquering, what was it, 10,000 and and then Saul does his thousands or something like that. I mean, he's, he's a hero. He's a hero. But all of a sudden, Saul wants his life because Saul's jealous. David's life took, takes a sharp turn. He's living in a season of promotion, in a season of praise. Then all at once, he lost all favor in Saul's courts. Saul rose up to kill him. Saul became jealous of him and envious of him because of the songs and because of the popularity that he was growing. So Saul, he doesn't just send his normal men out. He enlists 3,000 men. 3,000 men he enlists and he said, now go kill him. David finds himself for the first time in a cave. He finds himself in the first time in a dark, damp, wilderness season. King David is running for his life. For six to seven years, he remains in this season. I thought my seasons last last a long time. I thought my droughts last a long time. I went the month of June and sold two cars, and man, I thought I was going to die. I've already sold four this month. (laughs) My season lasted a month. Thank God. That's right, BJ. Y'all be taking me up and offering. Glory to God. (laughs) But six to seven years. He's in this desert wilderness land. God slams the brakes on David's life. He don't only slam the brakes, but man, he he don't even put it in neutral. He don't put it in apart, but he slams it in reverse. And took him into the one of the toughest seasons ever imagined. And David's posed with this question. And I believe many in the church, in the body of Christ, were posed with this question. What's the question? You keep coming. Man, I know marriage gets tough. But will you keep coming? I know your spouse can be mean. But will you keep coming? I know your children can be rebellious, but will you keep coming? I know finances will be tight, but will you keep tithing? I know that times get hard. I know people talk about you. I know they gossip about you. I know that your feelings get hurt. I know this to be so. I know you go through seasons where you feel like you're all alone. I know you go through seasons where you feel like nobody understands. I know that we go through seasons where we seem that our prayers are just hitting the ceiling. We say, God, your word is tarrying. Where is your fulfilled word? David was in a season. Where is your fulfilled word? I am supposed to be a king and I'm running for my life. What am I doing with my life, God? Will you keep coming? When you can't try, find true north, will you keep coming? When you can't find yourself, will you keep coming? 
David, will you keep coming? In the cave of difficulties where blessings no longer reign, when you can't see it, you can't feel it, and you can no longer hear it, will you keep coming? In the cave of Dulem, in the times of difficulties, it seems at times that the anointing and the gifts of God have been lifted from our lives. When it seems like you're no longer anointed, when it seems like there's no longer gifts working, when it seems like the flow of His Spirit is no longer flowing, and when it seems that the blessings of God have departed from your life, will you keep coming? My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Help us to keep coming. Help us to keep coming. Get this thing in our spirits. Get this thing in our spirits. God will test His church. He will test the character of the body of Christ. And He will ask, will you keep coming in difficulties? You see, in this season, not everyone's going to last. David went from being a ruler of the army of Israel to thousands of thousands of men that followed his every command to live in a cave with 400 men that were drunks, that were broken, that were schizophrenic, that were crazy men that nobody else wanted. Hey man, give me a bunch of fishermen, tax collectors, I don't care. Let's have church. 400 men joined him. Listen, not everyone will enter this season. Amen. In this season, God will raise up his remnant. No one will be dismissed, but not everyone will continue. Amen. In this season, God will establish a remnant. Amen. In this season, God will bring out a remnant. Amen. I said, in this season, God will bring out a remnant. God will bring out a tree of righteousness in this season. Will you hang on? Will you keep going? In this season, God's word, when God's word seems distant and it seems faint, will you keep coming? Hey, David complained. I complained. He cried. I cry. He screamed. I, I do scream. He threw temper tantrums. I've thrown those, haven't I, baby? He tried to quit a couple of times. I've tried to quit a couple of times. But then he would repent of his wrong attitude and be like Peter and say, where, where am I going to go? If you can give me a good good answer to that, then I'll release you. And I'll, I'll, I won't preach you anymore. Where are you going to go? It's a little tough sometimes, isn't it, church? Amen? But can we just be real? My dad's preached a sermon before, and I don't know if he entitled it, but one of his points was that life's just, life's just a big storm sometimes. Let's just be honest. But where are you going to go? Who else loves you like he loves you? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> that you want to shout. God will put us through times of difficulties to firmly root our identity in Him. It is in times of difficulties that I find out who I am in Christ Jesus. We discovered, and David discovered in this season, how real God was and how real His Word is. The difficulties you face turn out to be the training for the way, for, turn out to be the training for the way God wants to bless you in the next season. Let me go to the last season. Praise and worship team took some of my time. Good thing I'm in charge of Wednesday nights and pastor said I could do what I wanted to. I didn't get no amen, so I better hurry up. Hebrew, the beginning 
of prophetical promise being fulfilled. The beginning of prophetical promise being fulfilled. Second Samuel 2 and 1 and 4. After this, David asked the Lord, should I move back to one of the towns of Judah? Yes, the Lord replied. Then David asked, which town should I go to? To Hebron, the Lord answered. Then the men of Judah came to David and anointed him king over the people of Judah. Now after about six or seven difficult years, David's season finally changed with the death of Saul, King Saul. David no longer had to run for his life. And God began. Now God did not give the full promise, but God began to fulfill. He began to manifest his word over David's life. Now, God doesn't always release, listen, God will not always release the full destiny and His full word over your life in one season, in one time. But sometimes His full, but sometimes He just begins. Now, He, this, this was 13 years had passed since He was anointed. But in the 13th year, God released the 12th of the kingdom. He didn't release the whole kingdom to him, but he released the twelfth of the kingdom. He released the twelfth of the promise that Samuel had prophesied and released over him at the age of 17. So he waited 13 years. So at the age of 30, he began to walk in a portion, in the beginning of the promise that God had spoken over him. It's a season of fresh beginnings. Amen. David stepped into a season of fresh beginnings. I believe that the church is stepping into a season of fresh beginnings. Now, listen, here's the thing about this season. Many in this season, when God begins to bless, they want to settle in this season. They want to settle for just a little bit, amen? They want to settle for good when there's greatness. And David had all opportunity. He said, listen, man, I came from the eighth. I came from a shepherd. I came from the cave the last six or seven years. And God just gave me Judah. I'm fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll settle and I'll take it. But there's church, there's got to be more, amen? There's got to be more than a good service on Wednesday night and a good preaching, amen? Don't sell out for the deeds of God when His character is still to come. Don't stand at the base of the mountain with the rest of the Israelites when the character of God shining up there where Moses is. Amen. Refuse to settle for a twelfth of the kingdom. Refuse to sell out for just a portion of God's word. But refuse to be normal. You may not be able to see it. The fullness you may not be able to see. But I can assure you, the fullness is coming up the other side of the mountain. Abraham couldn't see it, but Isaac said, where's the sacrifice? And he said, God will provide. We must keep coming. When God begins to bless, we must keep coming. When God shows his deeds, we must say, show me your character. Though the word may tarry, you must wait on it, for it shall speak, and it will not lie, saith the Lord of hosts. Refuse to settle. Between six and seven years, David and his men were living in difficult times before God brought them out. Let me tell you something. The word 
that God speaks over you, it will prove to be true. Refuse to let go of God's word over your life. Refuse to let go of God's prophecies. Let me tell you something. If you can see it, then you can have it, church. If you can see it, then you can have it. If you can believe in this thing, then you can have it. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, he will come just like he promised. I'm telling you that the prophecy of Joel and the prophecy in Acts will be fulfilled just like he promised. David had God's word. David had God's word. God made him a promise. I'm telling you what, God made me a promise over this year. And it's Psalms 126, 5 and 6. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they will sing as they return with the harvest. I will not stop coming. This church must not stop coming until we see the fulfillment of God's holy word. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, no more empty hands. We must refuse to abort, refuse to abandon. No limits, no boundaries. No limits, no boundaries. No limits, no boundaries. I see increase all around us. I see the manifestation and the fulfillment of the holy word. Word of God refused to sell out in this season. Prophesy over it. Amen. Prophesy over it. Speak it. Call those things that were not as though they were. Hey, all Abraham had was a word. All Sarah had was a word. But they called those things that were not as though they were. All David had was a word. Write this. Write the word deep within your heart. Listen, it's just the beginning. God, God didn't give it all to him, but he gave him a twelfth of the kingdom. Just the beginning. He gave him a twelfth. He gave him a beginning. Now, what year are we in? We're in 2012, right? He gave him a twelfth. So in 2012, I declare that a portion in the beginning of God's prophetical word will be released over this house. I begin to speak this word over my life because at 17 I was called into the ministry. I was anointed just like David was and I turned 30 last year. So I begin to speak this word over my life. I begin to proclaim this word over my life. For between 30 and 31, I want to be a pastor, okay? So between the age of 30 and 31, you know what God did? God released a portion of his calling, his vision into my life. Well, my pastor called and asked me to be the, the, um, the director over Wednesday nights. What happened? God released a portion over my life. God wants to release a portion of his word over your life, amen? If we will stay faithful and we'll keep coming, I'm not going to get into Zion. But on the other side of your beginning... On the other side of his twelfth was Zion. He just had to keep coming. Church, we must keep coming. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise tonight.